0: So as the world slowly inches back to normalcy, more and more companies are asking their employees to go back to work, and many people are realizing they'd rather work from home at least part time. So how do you negotiate that with your boss if that is you? Today, Elisa Walters is going to give us some tips. Elisa?
1: Oh, I think we we all have our thoughts on this, right? And, and what we're, <laughs> uh, where we're all feeling this. What do we do when offices reopen? I think it's going to be twofold for sure. We have companies that are, you know, are going to be mandating that they're going to institute a hybrid model where not everybody's going to be at the office all on the same day. Um, It's going to be split. You'll have the option to come in and work a couple of days from the office. You'll have the option to work from home for a few days I think we're also going to see that a lot more companies are going to make it mandatory that you can't come back to the office unless you're vaccinated. Um, and I think that that, you know, there are people who are not on board with the vaccine right now, so I think that that's going to be something that is is gonna come up for for people from a personal personal perspective. So how do you handle this, and how do you navigate these conversations? Well, I think that it's important that you communicate um, communicate in a in a confidential space where you're having conversations with um, with if if your HR manager is a is an active participant in your in your team um, and you feel confident in, in starting the conversation there. Um, but I think it's having the conversation with your boss, communicating what your needs are, communicating what you would continue to bring to the table. For 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 the company, showcase what you've how successful you've been in this role. Um, there's also going to be a lot of other things. You know, I think the value of that work life balance. A lot of people who are working from home and have been successful in working remotely have found that. They've been able to create a schedule that is healthier for them, that allows them to step away for a workout, step away for a walk, take care of their children um, or tend to, you know, if they're taking care of parents. I think we're in a place with all of this that we've had, you know, little ones sneaking into Zoom backgrounds and, and things like that in the middle of meetings. And this is this is a time and place where you can be vulnerable and can have honest conversations. I think that we're also going to see a lot of people potentially leaving companies if their bosses say, well no, you can't work from home, you can't work remotely full time. Um you do need to, you know, come back into the office, we need you back into the office. Um and I think that that's going to be a personal decision somebody's going to have to make as to whether they want to continue staying there or if they want to look for another company that will allow them to work fully remote because we've all proven we can do it. And um, there are a lot more companies that are going fully remote. So if
0: you don't necessarily want to leave your company, but you don't want to go into the office because you feel you can be productive, is a good strategy to really write down, here's what I can do from home. Here's what I've done. And here's my plan. And like present them with a really concrete plan of how you're going to make this work in perpetuity? Is that something you would suggest?
1: I think that's an excellent point. And I think that would be an excellent suggestion for somebody to do is to really, you know, whether it's a deck, whether it's a presentation, whatever it might be, put something together, write out those KPIs that the team has set for you, that you've been able to measure and achieve. And the results our, our bosses, our supervisors, they just want to see that the job is being done, that it's being done well, and that you're results-oriented, you're solutions-oriented, and you're giving everything that you have. I also think that it's crucial that just like coming to the table with a presentation of all of the ways you can be productive to continue work from home is also communicating that in return, you'll need... Uh, a weekly one-on-one meeting um, so that you know there's that continuous dialogue between you and your supervisor. What we want to avoid with the remote versus being back in the office is the us versus them mentality. The us being we're the ones who work in the office versus the, the, the them who are the, the, the people who work remotely. So I think it's really important to also showcase in this presentation how you'll continue to still be a part of this environment, a part of this team, and continuously take a proactive approach in the communication on a on a weekly, daily, monthly basis and, and how you not being in the office isn't going to affect the team's performance.
2: I love that we're talking about this today because coming from a household where we have two children and uh, at least five hours of time have been restored in our lives between the morning hustle and the afternoon hustle so quality of life has definitely been something that's been a silver lining throughout the last year and a half um, elisa talk to us about you mentioned the us versus them when what i've been hearing through like different you know circles and friends and family is that there are those that are 100 ready to go back in. They cannot wait. They want that social interaction. A lot of them happen to be empty nesters and and they're just they're lonely. So I totally understand that. But to your point, those who have found a healthier balance of life and work want to stay remote. What would be the issues with Those that want to go in, go in. And those that want to stay home, stay home. Since there doesn't seem to be a middle ground there. There's no one that's like, "Uh," you know, it's it's either yay or nay. So what are your thoughts there?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, I I think we're hearing a lot of companies talk about this hybrid model. And I think that that's where a lot of companies are trying to find that middle ground. And I think that the execution of it early on makes sense. But I think that all companies, once they roll out this hybrid model, they're, they are going to have to shift and flex because it isn't going to be something that works for everybody. Everybody's situation is different. Everybody's experience over the last year and a half has been completely different. So I think that the, the companies, as they're taking this approach of we're doing this hybrid model, they also have to go into this with with an open mind because it may not work as seamlessly as they think it will because they're trying to find the balance for both sides. I think that a lot of companies also, from a business perspective, if they are the overhead of an office, the expenses of keeping an office running and having the lights on and the internet and and you know all those resources to have it an office open, that is something that they may have a little bit of pushback on because if they are paying for this space and it's not being utilized, that is going to be something that they, you know, they are going to have to put potentially put their foot down as, all right, everyone's going to have to be 100% remote or we do need people back in the office. So it can't be one or the other. This is how it's going to be. And then companies having to work out from a salary standpoint, you know, if, if somebody wants to be fully remote and the office is located in California and they want to live in Florida where the cost of living is significantly different, the the company has to look at all of those things as well. And there may be limitations on, hey, you can work remote. But you do have to stay in the state of California to do that, depending on, you know, different types of tax laws and things like that. To kind of go back to basics in the beginning of this conversation is communicate, communicate what your needs are, communicate what you're feeling and present if working remotely full time is something that you need for your quality of life, for your health, mental or physical, bring that to the table and present why you still can be successful in this role. And maybe it's a, can we give it a try for, you know, the first three months, six months, maybe it's a trial basis, and then you revisit it from there. But I, I do feel, this is my own personal observation, is I think it's really going to be hard to mandate something to someone who has had no other choice but to do it for so long and has been able to do it. So, you know, that gets into, well, if if it's a mandatory thing and the company is saying no to your, to your ask, then it might be time to look for something else that is in line and can allow you that flexibility.
0: And I think, too, you, my husband reminds me all the time, he's like, well, you, you know, not everybody's an office worker. The vast majority of employees in this country probably – have to be, I mean, they're laborers, right? Or jobs where they can't work remote. They don't have the luxury that we're kind of discussing here. And thank goodness technology made it possible for those of us who do have jobs that can be done virtually. But there's a lot of dust that needs to settle because to your point, Elisa, if you want to work for a company in California in a role that you want to hold from Florida where the cost of living is much lower, then should you expect to take a pay cut in exchange for the flexibility of having remote full-time work. I mean, is that a, is that a conversation that you should be willing to have with an employer?
1: Yeah, absolutely, because if, you know, if it comes down to you living in a different state and still being able to to keep your job, those conversations may need to happen because the company is still running a business. They still have laws that they have to follow and and things like that. So, I think that you you do have to be prepared for you know, whatever that outcome might be, and think about what makes sense for you. And you're right, not everybody does have this luxury. And there are people who have been working in this pandemic that have been working in a office, a store, a restaurant, you know, throughout the entire thing. So I think the dust still needs to settle. And I think a lot of things, there won't be a lot of concrete answers until it's actually happening and people are mm-hmm. you know, are experiencing it because there are still so many companies that haven't gone back yet.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely. I also think to your
2: point, Alisa, earlier, you're going to find people that need to make that tough decision as to, okay, these are the things that I've outlined for you. I can do all of these things from home. I've proven that I can, I'd like flexibility and those that don't get it saying, Okay, there are several companies that are opening up with a lot of roles that I can apply to and gonna look out elsewhere. So I think you're gonna find some companies almost needing to uh, retain talent, and how are they gonna do that?
0: Yeah, and the other thing companies are gonna have to think about, and I just heard this recently, um, for employees who did work from their maybe second home, like, if they had a, a home outside of an urban area where their office was during the pandemic, now those employers are having to go back and figure out taxes. Because if you spend, if an employee spends X number of days in a state where the main office, where they should have been and would call their home office, isn't located, that changes the employer's tax liability. It also changes the employees' tax liability. So it's very complicated. Um, but if it's if it's something that's really important to you, uh, again, your advice I think is great, which is come up with a plan, sit down, talk and, and communicate, right? It's all communication and figuring it out together.
2: Go out, circling all the way back, are the companies that actually continue to pay their people what they're worth no matter where they are, um, without creating, you know, an internal conflict are they going to stand out above the rest?
0: Well, it kind of goes back to that conversation we had with Mary Gray about the gig workforce Mm -hmm. and how uh, people don't stay with one company and get covered by all of its benefits. Like More and more, the world is becoming distributed, the workforce is becoming distributed, and people are gig workers. It's a gig economy, and you don't get the paternalistic kind of mindset that we had in previous generations where the company provided all these things for you. Um, exactly. it's really hard to do that. So, yeah, it's it's changing, who knows.
1: If you're having anxiety about going back into an office and you want to continue working remotely 100% after companies start going back into the office in this current workforce, a couple of things I would recommend just to recap what we were, we've been talking about is communicate. Don't be afraid to be vulnerable. Come up with a presentation, deck, slide, whatever it might be that highlights all of the successes you've had for the company working remotely that shows that you can continue to do this remote. And also communicate, come up with a plan. How are you going to continue to be an active participant on this team working remotely so that it's not this us versus them? And then finally, be prepared for the answer know what you need to do if it's not what you want to hear and make sure that you follow through if it is what you want to hear. Great.
0: Great Thank you. Always great advice. Thanks, Alisa. You're welcome. Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of We Get Real AF. We're excited to bring you the voices of amazing women and girls who are shaping the future for good.